Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. That there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there, like a splinter in your mind. Do you know what I'm talking about? The Matrix. Do you want to know what it is? Yo, Exit the Matrix podcast. Just want to say, Aid Mubarak to everybody. And uh, I hope you, those people who are fasting, y'all got to break fast and have an incredible time. Let me tell you, yesterday I had an incredible time. And I'm just excited to be here with my bro Cephas, my yo, brohemian. Yo, boo this motherfucker, y'all. Boo this motherfucker. <laughs> the whole audience needs to boo this motherfucker. Because we over having a little Kevin Smith fucking marathon on some real nerdy shit. And then, you know what I'm saying, my fucking Muslim brother is all like, yeah, make sure you come over tomorrow, man. Fucking, I eat this fucking happening. We gonna eat and fucking have a lot of fucking food and shit. And then the fucking son came up, and I came the fuck over there, and he's like, oh, man, I'm full of shit, man. I been eating all fucking day. Look, nigga. man, I told you the moon is a tricky business. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you, uh, you ready to jump into this environmental corner, man? Let's do it. The United States is the second largest polluter on Earth behind China. To truly make a difference, we must overthrow the United States government. So let me ask you a question off the top of your head, bro. What day do you think Arbor Day is? I would say April 15th. Pretty good. It's April 26th, right? I remember in school, man, like, Arbor Day was a big deal. Like, we, you know what I'm saying? Like, when I was growing up in the Midwest and shit, like, elementary and shit, we would always have, like, a little field trip, and all the kids would go to the fucking park, and we would plant fucking trees and shit. Like, did y'all ever do anything for Arbor Day, bro? I don't remember hearing about Arbor Day until I got out of school and, like, found it on my own. I was actually going to ask you if you don't mind, like, explaining what is Arbor Day. Like, like what Arbor is the point Day of it? Arbor Day is, like, a day that's dedicated to, like, going out and doing, like, fucking husbandry to the earth. You plant things. You think about the environmental fucking impact. It's like Earth Day, but with some balls. Because, like, instead of being like, oh, Earth is going to fucking die. On Arbor Day, you, you bitch ass, you throw on some fucking khakis. You know, you throw on some fucking plaid, you go into the woods, you dig up some fucking holes, and you plant some fucking trees. It's like a holiday of action. But we don't do that shit, man. But, like, we talk about so much of the shit that's not working well in this fucking world. And I feel like it's important to point out some of the things that do. The nation of India recently had a fucking holiday where 1.5 million people took part in a 12-hour gardening exercise and they planted in these 12 hours 66 million trees. That's incredible. What is so important about trees, man, especially like when we I always think of science and how science is so becoming so advanced that we have carbon capture and ways of pulling carbon out of the air. But nothing does it as good as fucking but nature. Nothing does it like trees, man. Right. The only thing that does it better than trees is ocean vegetation. Right, right. I mean, I, I was um, we I was just watching this documentary. I highly suggest it's like the Planet Earth people. It's called Our Planet, and it talk it like talks about environmental David degradation. Attenborough getting them fucking pennies. I love David Attenborough. I want to hate, bro, but he really does have a great voice for this he shit. He has man. a great voice for it, and actually, man, he's really heavy on environmental protection, man. So, like, you know, for as as a white guy goes, nah, for I real. can rock with he him. He doing work, man. He doing work. Now, again, 1.5 million, 
I need us to really focus on how big a number it is. Yes, it's true that India has over a billion people, so that somehow it makes the number a little bit less impressive. But let's say, let's say they have three times the population in the United States. Okay, so let's say that. So let's take that one point five and let's divide it by three. Could you still imagine a scenario where uh, on a specific day, five hundred thousand Americans? You're talking about. 500,000, that's the size of the city. Uh, that's bigger than, like, Albuquerque. Uh, yeah, I would say that's, like, Baltimore plus some of the surrounding county. All throughout the country got together and spent 12 hours planting. So, we're, again, we're cutting it in, by thirds, 22 million trees. Capitalism doesn't allow you to do that, man. You sure, got you 40 hours plus. Seeds. Capitalism still has a fucking way, man. There's still money to be made, I guess. Man. There ain't no, there ain't no money in non-corporations growing uh, things, man. Yo, so one of the things I've been talking about for a long-ass time, bro, is, like, we live in so many fucking cities where, like, the fucking growing seasons are incredible. And all of these cities have, like, obligations to build certain fucking things just because they want to have a certain amount of tree cover and shit like that these cities always grow bullshit shit like you go to miami you see all them fucking palm trees and shit but it's not like coconut trees you know what i'm saying some shit where it's like well these are it's just for aesthetic right right and so like you have these these cities that are growing trees but they're not useful trees now think about the impact you could have on like homeless situations where like if these fucking cities were like instead of just planting oak trees they're planting apple trees Right, planting orange trees. Whereas, like, first off, it's still not gonna have enough impact where, like, motherfucker ain't gonna go to goddamn Giant or Kroger to buy oranges because you want fucking oranges. But at the same time, you don't have to worry about homeless people necessarily eating out of fucking trash. They can go to the fucking city, you know, and grab some fucking oranges and have some fucking food and not starve to fucking death. Atlanta is reported to have created the first food forest of its kind in America. That is dope i know that that has been done in smaller scales but it has never been done like this you know we always talk about china and the mega projects that they do but this is something the united states can do this is something that any country could do but especially the united states because just think about the hunger you know what i'm saying that exists like with people who are houseless people who are impoverished even if it's not going to change that aspect entirely it does offer people an option man we were talking yesterday about what would happen if you were to bring water to places that don't have water like how quickly an ecosystem would begin if you were to create a place with lots of fruit trees there would be an ecosystem that would start to grow in that area and would continue to multiply those type of trees because Think about animals. They eat seeds. They would eat the the fruit that wouldn't be picked or that would fall to the ground that people wouldn't eat. They would create more trees. They would create an ecosystem that would allow that to be even more sustainable. Right. When you have all the same type of tree, you can't create an ecosystem because in the Amazon, they've cut down a lot of the trees and they planted trees but they're palm oil trees. Right. And palm oil trees don't support the type of ecological diversity that all of these different types of trees have. So if you add the fruit trees, you add the diversity, you create a freaking ecosystem along with a way to feed houseless people 
and people who are impoverished. I feel like it does a lot of things too because it's gonna like, of course, it's gonna make uh, more bees come. I feel like though, because we live in such a litigious society, that means like lawyer heavy, the cities be afraid of that shit because cities be like, well, if we do that, then motherfucking homeless people are gonna get stung by bees and we're gonna get fucking, you know, sued and shit. But at any rate, Atlanta, their community gardens project, it has made more than 100 new and existing gardens across metro Atlanta. And just imagine if cities did this on a huge industrious scale. What's kind of messed up about it, it, the initiative was not started by the municipal, you know, uh, entity, you know, it was started by a nonprofit organization and then in conjunction with right. the local right. government created that, you know. Right. These are ideas that the governments should be creating, you know. It just yeah. feels like we all to do anything dope, you have to force their hand. Yeah, well, I mean, think about DC, right? Think about the Cherry Blossom Fact uh festival, which I love. I love to go to even though it'd be hella tourist and as you know, the tourists be getting on all my fucking nerves. But imagine if instead of just blossoms, those were real cherry trees. So it would be the cherry festival where like literally any American could come to the city, pick fucking cherries, man. It's funny that you mentioned tourists because that's why those trees are actually more valuable to capitalism than actual cherry trees. Mm. Because the beauty and the aesthetic of the tree is what brings all these people to come watch it, which then stimulates your your city economy. Right. You know, man, everything comes back to capitalism or white supremacy or patriarchy, bro. Like, yeah, no everything facts. funnels back there. We were watching the video, man. You know, we're, we're totally here for sustainable, renewable energy. And really, it's incredibly accessible right now, and it's become incredibly cheap we, we always talk about china i feel like every every episode or every two episodes right. they're doing some crazy mega project and i know it's it's the uh, anniversary of tiananmen you know just a little Facts. bit ago those things happen you know i don't want to like overly fucking act like china is the world's greatest country however i do acknowledge there are some things that are easier to do in a country where the government has the will to impose itself upon projects. And these kind of things have happened in the United States of America. When you think about the Works Project, the WPA, where like they went throughout the country and created all these dams to create hydroelectric energy and, you know, Appalachia and, and, and shit like that. And like China is just more able, more willing to do those things. So recently what they've done, they built a 250 acre solar farm. Yo, and they shaped the shit. Like a fucking panda. Shit is so cute. And it generates enough energy to f- to fuel 10,000 fucking houses. Can I ask a question, man? It's a little bit, just a, a little yeah, bit yeah. off that. But you mentioned dams. When was the Hoover Dam built? Man, I think that shit was the 40s, bro. What, have we done a mega project like that? No. And those are great jobs. Company, I mean, like, you have, someone physically has to go there and do that fucking work. Like, I feel like those are great jobs programs. Now, look. I feel complicated about dams. I don't know how I feel all they're, the They're way. antiquated, man. The ones that exist are cool, but you don't need them. They're not super efficient. Well, what I'm saying is they they do incredible... Environmental degradation. Right. You're flooding areas and you're starving other areas. But, like, it is relatively green energy because, you know, you're not burning petrochemicals. Like you said, we did it in the 40s. Right. In the 40s, it was groundbreaking technology. Jeez, bro, we're close to a century past that. Yeah. And think about what we can do with solar. Think about what we can do 
with wind, the conversation surrounding using ocean currents mm. as a way to gather electricity. Right. I've always wondered why you have to actually dam the river. I mean, I know that's how you get the most force from the river, but it seems like you should just be able to put turbines in the fucking water and let the flow of yes, the actual river. You can do that, and without, it's super sustainable. Without damming the actual river. You know who actually does it a lot <laughs> is Apple, man. Really? Yeah, Apple has a bunch of those small, like, just current electrical, I forget what they call it, that's, like, small energy. Right. But they have a bunch of those, and they'll, like, power, like, a station, you know, like a tower or something like that with it. Fuck Apple, but you know what I'm saying? No, 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 I mean, but look, man, look, everybody has good and bad, right? Right. And those are... So th- those are positive business some practice. things that they're doing well. And so that's that's kudos to them. I would like to take this time to say I am, if anybody knows anything about me, one thing you know is I'm a fucking professional skeptic. I don't give a fuck. No matter what you tell me, I'm like, well, yeah, but what's the, what's the negative side? Because I feel like we have to consider these things. For a long time, I have been a person. I have some inherent trust issues as far as like genetic manipulation of fucking food and food organisms. But my big super sciencey friend, Amin Drew Law, has always been like, science, science is apolitical. Science will save us all. Well, you heavy-handed Science. piece of shit. Me, you, me, me. I, no, no, no. You're right. I deserve all of this. Science. Do you remember when we were talking about Game of Thrones and you were excited about season eight and you had to say, look, yeah. I have to admit when I was wrong, <laughs> this is the moment where I'm, you know, I'm vegetarian, but this is time for me to eat some crow. I remember a few podcasts back. I was talking to this guy about, oh, GMOs ain't that bad, man. Like, genetic modification. Like, you know, just saying that I thought that... We were talking about Monsanto and glyphosate. And I was like, you know, well, GMOs are, you know, compared to something like glyphosate, you know, it's not a big deal. And then, you know, when you push back, it, when you push back on me, bro, I may fight you in the moment, but I guarantee you I'm going to go back and do go my to own sleep. research. Go to sleep. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Put you in a headlock, you know, like... And again, man, some of this shit is just being the Jewish, most Jewish, Jewish guy yeah. of all time, right? And I have to think about these things because I try to live as kosher a life as possible. Yeah. Which, plot break, it's not possible to do in the West. It is not possible to live a kosher life, but you can get as close to that as possible, right? And when I think about GMO, sometimes it really pushes me to the limits of how I understand what it is to be kosher. For example, if salmon is kosher, which it is. It has fins and it has scales. Does it cease to be a kosher animal if we are implementing genetic sequences from animals that are not kosher? For example, eel. Eel is not kosher. It has fins, but it does not have scales and is traditionally seen as food Jews that try to eat kosher would never eat. So like now, you're taking genetic sequences from an animal that is not kosher and instilling them in an animal that was. And you've created something now that is neither eel nor truly salmon. It is its own thing. It doesn't have to be labeled. It can be sold just like salmon. You don't even know if this food which you would take, I mean, I don't. You know, you say bacon, I know I'm not going to eat that shit. But if I know I'm at a restaurant and I see fucking salmon, I'm like, well, sure, salmon is fine. And so it creates these huge complications for me because they're not even labeled. I could not agree more. You know, my the, my first step into vegetarianism was really my decision to not eat anything that wasn't halal. It became me eating less and less meat just because every restaurant I went to, you know, m- most of them are not halal. Right. You know, and even sometimes going to a, not necessarily a restaurant, but going to a supermarket to buy halal, like a lot of that meat sometimes, the shelf life is 
so much quicker than regular meat. What uh, is what's the limitation on halal? Do y'all have like a time? Kosher has a time, bro. So proper kosher, like an animal has to be slaughtered, served, and then the the rest of the animal has to be buried. All of the blood must be returned back to the earth. You must pray over the the deceased animal and commit yeah. the soul to the fucking void, bro. Three days. Three days. I think we might have three days too. Damn, bro. I think three it's three days for us too. Days. This is why I say like no meat in the West is truly kosher. It may have started kosher, yeah. but by the time it's, bitch, it's been in a grocery store for more than three fucking days. Bro. No, facts, facts. And I want to give a big shout out to my homie Antoine, aka Jackson, who been you know heavy on me with the food stuff. To him, he's like so dope when it and so knowledgeable on the shit. So I just have a couple stats here, man. Since 1990, when things like GMOs were introduced into the UK, a food related anaphylaxis. Is went up. So like seizures? And what do they call like anaphylactic shock? shock. Yeah. Uh, has went up sevenfold since 1990. And maybe since, that's artificial causation. Maybe it's not. Also, how about this? Since soy-based GMO was introduced in the UK, allergies for gluten has went up 50% since 2000. Maybe it's artificial correlation. <laughs> maybe it's not. Well, I mean, I, there's, there's so many stats in here, man, and... Uh, my very I would good. Say the same thing about lactose, right? Lactose intolerance. Well, the thing is, is that human beings were never really meant to have lactose. Like, yeah, but they've been eating it for ten thousand years, right? I think and genetically, you've had time. Some, I mean, some people have. I right. mean, but, you know, think about right. because honestly, bro, cow's milk on some real shit is gonna sound gross, man. It's it's mainly cow pus. Yeah, it's like cow that's, titty milk. Yeah, that, juice. That, that's what you're. That's what you're drinking. And think about all the pasteurization and mm-hmm. all the shit that it has to go through, like. Cow's milk is not a big thing in – it is sort of a big thing, but it's not the only thing in Arab culture. You know what I'm saying? I remember goat's milk being something we was on er, – that was something that I was consuming maybe even before cow's milk. Right. So many of these GMOs are oh, – I was want to talk about this. Let me bring it back. Yesterday was Aid. Another shout-out I want to give is to my big homie, Ichel. We, uh, we went out. We got at Epa's. We got um, some ice cream at Ben and Jerry's. Shout out to Ben and Jerry's. Yeah, that's a and company that really keeps trying to do well. They're man. trying to do we well, see man. Y'all, man. We see we you, Ben and Jerry's. You, man. And yeah, they had some non dairy ice cream at the store. I did not know that they had it at oh, the yeah. store. Yep. That's dope. Uh, Ichel, she has just developed this gluten intolerance, man. That's unfortunate. And we were crushing some banana bread at your crib. Yeah, I was poisoning you guys with <laughs> well, delicious I know. gluten. Oh, no, baby. I am Mr. Gluten. You better put that gluten in my body. <laughs> I want that. The, the gluten she don't want, give me that shit. Yeah, but you know Ichel, man. She yeah. loves food, man. Yeah, as no, much as you real. love food, I think Ichel might love food a little bit more, man. Yeah, she was the MVP of Cake and Pie Day. Oh, no, we just did Cake Day, did we? Yeah, it, it was just Cake, cake day. And pie day. It was Cake Day because Paige just hates pie, man. Yeah. I'm the only human being on earth that's 50-50 on Cake and Pie. <laughs> I, we'll talk about that another day. That's just the balance that I exist with on my Thanos shit. You know, she's really developed this gluten allergy. This is me, hypothesis, I'm not saying this is facts, but from the research that I've I've done over the last couple of weeks and the information that I've been getting, they've been suggesting that soy doesn't necessarily give you a soy allergy. Soy can give you allergies to tree nuts, to peanuts, and to gluten. Interesting. So I think this soy shit... Because the compounds that exist in soy are so, like, 
already kind of stretched for what right. humans should eat. That when you stress it even more, your body is completely like, fuck this shit. Fuck whatever this shit is. And it starts going crazy, man. It's pretty fucked up. And, I, and you know, I just wanted to give you your, you, your shit on that, Thank man. you, sir. Thank you, sir. Being a professional skeptic, man. But again, it really is just trying to be a good Jew, which is hard to do. It's really it hard to do in the West. It is. I, I hear you, man. I hear you. I relate. Strongman boss is something you got to deal with. So all of that collaborated, fabricated, it ain't going to equal up to this real You know how shit. something just comes across your path, like back-to-back sort of intervals? and Like ex-girlfriends? Man, you know how to stop me in my tracks, bro. Thank you, man. Thank you. That could be one of them. Just when a subject comes up twice in like a span of like 48 hours, that's very specific. You know, it's almost like the universe is talking to you. Like, I remember I was in Rhode Island uh, Station and they've demolished like the entire shopping center that's right there. I remember there was a Popeye's there that I always used to go to because it was like a spot that I could go to with the homies. And if we all we had went four... there. No, me, you, Safia, did we go and there? fucking Amani went there. Yo, Where I the think I remember that. coming from, bro? We did some poetry event. Yeah, and we came back and we just crushed, you know? Yeah. And, I, and look, you know, Popeye's... Is got some good fries. They got they some really onion do. rings. They got corn, and Yo, they got why fucking does biscuits. Hate on their biscuits. I love Popeye's biscuits. And I actually don't like their biscuits, but I do like their biscuits with their jelly. I'm gonna I tell fuck you with what that it jelly. Is. Did you grow up eating a lot of KFC? You know what I grew up eating? A lot of Cheddar Bay biscuits because uh, my parents were in love with Red Lobster. You know, and that might be what it is because, like, as a Jew, there was very little I could eat from fucking Red Lobster. Right, so I know you wasn't going there. But I did have lots of KFC biscuits, and they're the fucking worst Everything of all about time, KFC bro. is terrible, bro. They're Every so bad. Thing. They're fucking disgustingly bad. I don't even understand how people and eat And then there. I would get the fucking Popeyes, man, and I'm like, oh, these are so buttery. and No, they're a huge step up from KFC, that's for sure. But I'm look, man, I'm eating them Cheddar Bays. See, they perspective, was... y'all. For all y'all that want to understand the theory of relativity, there it is. <laughs> Relative to a motherfucking Cheddar Bay biscuit, Popeye's biscuits is trash. Relative to motherfucking KFC biscuits, them shits is the hands of God. So, uh, what am I at here? Okay, so you tell us a story <laughs> about that Popeye's. So that shit is demo- like not demolished. Like I'm talking about demolished, demolished. Like the shit is just dirt right now. Yeah. And I ha- I knew it was coming, but I just didn't. I wasn't expecting it. And I was on my way to Silver Spring the other day, and I just passed right by Rhode Island, which I haven't been in maybe like three or four months, and that shit was gone, baby. Like, it was raised to the fucking ground. Something that also kind of came up to me is somebody that I know was talking about their parents being in a supermarket. I think it was Costco, and they were using, of course, the EBT card, and they were buying, like, steaks or something like that. Yeah, good. And, and they good made for a, them. They made a comment like, oh, you're poor, but here you are buying steaks, you know? I'm going to tell like, you right now, bro. If a nigga says some shit like that to me in the store, it'd be on site. Fuck you, motherfucker. I don't even know your fucking name, but you yeah. about to remember mine. Yeah. I'm that motherfucker with EBT that was eating a steak that whooped your fucking ass. Second thing was I was watching this Instagram story, and I just remember they were talking about, oh, when people use their EBT, all they do is buy is junk. And people, I think, should have to take cooking classes before they're allowed to have EBT. All right, well, there goes my... A lot of fucking judgment. What it really made me think of, especially like when I hear things like basic income, people are always saying, like, well, how do we know those people won't just sit on their asses and do nothing and collect their check? It's just this like inherent... You mean like Amazon do? Like Why? Walton do? Like Walmart's? Why do people feel 
so entitled to how poor people should live their lives. So and I, the one more re- thing, one more okay. thing. I'm so sorry, and I'm gonna let no, you no, go no. off, baby. The other thing that I saw was, and I just posted it on the Instagram, where someone was saying, "Why are we having all of these financial planning and financial education Facts. seminars for poor people when literally there's no way that you can save up? You you can't pull yourself out of poverty. There are some financial plans that work." I'm not. I'm not saying that there isn't, but not for poverty. Yeah, sure there are. Castro had one. Oh right. You take some fucking. <laughs> you go to the motherfuckers with the fifteen thousand acre fucking sugar farm. You put the K on their ass, and you like take your ass to fucking America, bitch. We redistributing this shit for the wealth of everybody. Not that I'm advocating for that, but I'm saying those are financial planning. It. it all we're doing is pointing out history. Where do you feel like that comes from? Just like. People who just feel entitled to ruling poor people's lives. So the best possible read I can give you on that, right, is simply saying, because in America we place such a well, uh, we put an emphasis on what we see as physical health, people don't consider mental health, right? And poor people definitely don't have the money to go to therapy. So the only way I may be maintaining my mental sanity my, you know, I got this shitty job, you know, where I'm working 60 hours a fucking week. Rent is 70% of my fucking paycheck. I still got my kids. I got to pay for their co-pays and all that shit. Sometimes the only well-being, and I've said it myself, right? I am a person in my lifetime, I know I will never have a Lamborghini. I can't imagine a scenario where I have a Lamborghini, right? I can't imagine a scenario where I have a $3 million house. But one thing I can tell you is... Every day of my life, I'm going to eat well. And this is how I maintain part of my mental well-being. Americans don't see mental well-being as part of general fucking health. Bitch, I don't, I'm, I, you know, I'm maybe one paycheck away from getting fucking kicked out of this fucking house. Me and my kids, we don't know where the fuck we're going to be. But you know what I can do today? I can feed my kids something fucking homemade. And I can fucking use butter instead of using margarine. I can chop up this steak and stretch it out and make a fucking casserole. You know, this is going to last for a fucking week instead of lasting for like one fucking day. But I can use these fucking materials and make something better for myself. What is the matrix ideology that takes a hold of people and makes them feel like poor people don't they, deserve they, any Don't happiness. deserve. They see, they see, right? But this is coming from having a hierarchical situation, a hierarchical society. Some classic shit. Right. Whereas like, well, I'm not going to eat fucking lobster today. But you could. If you fucking, I can't because I'm fucking Jewish and that shit ain't kosher. But if your ass wanted to eat a lobster today, you probably fucking could. What's what's like the best cut of steak that you could go to the store and buy? That's going to be, that's going to be, I mean, it depends on what you want to get out of your food, right? For me, for you personally, I am a hedonist. And so when I eat steak, my favorite steak is the porterhouse. Porterhouse has a New York strip on one side and it has a ribeye on the other. So it's like both of those steaks, which people would argue. Some people are going to say New York Strip is my favorite. Some people are going to say filet mignon is my favorite. Some people are going to say the ribeye is their favorite. Some people are going to, you know, God bless them, might say sirloin. It all depends on what you want from your texture in the meat. But you could go out and get that tomorrow. I mean, it it might hit you a second, but it wouldn't do what buying a car would do. You know what I'm saying? Like If I went to the grocery store right now, if we went to Whole Fucking Foods right now, Probably the most expensive porterhouse I could buy is a hundred dollars. Mm, okay, that, that they that they gonna have right there. And but I would again, think a lobster tail would probably like if I went to Union Market, I would probably get a like fresh, like reasonably ethically sourced lobster tail for like sixty bucks. You know what I'm saying? But again, is that rent? 
No way. No, not at all, man. That's bitch. That's not even my fucking light bill. How many bullshit Ubers are we gonna take just this fucking week, man? How many bullshit lifts? Where it's like I could get on a bus if I wanted to, but you about to shit on this motherfucker because they got oh my god a roast. When we see conservatives, they gaslight the public and say like people who are undocumented are the reason why you're poor, you know, because they're taking all the social services. It sort of trickles down over into this, not trickles down, but sort of, no, it's a you trickle know, down. slides over to this neoliberal idea that like, okay, we can give things to poor people, but with very strict stipulations. They can't have access to the happiness that I have because how else am I going to know that I'm better than them? Okay, that's what I was looking for, yeah. Brad. It's my bad. No, no, <laughs> it's no, you, no. My dude. That's exactly it. Like, people need to feel better than other people and so if a poor person can eat as good as i can eat how do i know that i'm not poor here it is bitch you poor you may be in denial you know what i'm saying like hey i'm a broke ass poet bro i'm a smart motherfucker i am devilishly good looking but i'm broke as fuck you know what i'm saying those are all facts and i'm going to eat well every day of my life like as a person that came up poor as shit as a person that missed fucking meals, like, I'm never gonna fucking have that. Again, and maybe that's just, again, a long-term reaction to fucking trauma that I'm still trying to process. Poor people will be the first one to give you some bread. Oh, absolutely. Hey, we but inherently they do that. fucking communal. We're oh, inherently gosh. communal. Poor people yes. are like, because you've not had before, you never want to see a person not have. And so if you Especially got when you got a give, little bit, man. Yeah. Especially when you got a smidge. Yep. Thank you for that, bro. No, no, it's real shit, man. It's real shit. All right, so on that, I'm going to go with this. One of the things I hear a lot from people is like, especially people of color, you know, black people, racism is something that used to happen. Neoliberals are the number one people pushing these fucking stories because conservatives are like, nah, fuck that. We need more racism. I'm with that. I remember when you could just punch a fucking nigga in the mouth. Conservatives at least will keep it a buck with you. But neoliberals will fucking gaslight the shit out of you and be like, well, we've overcome all that. The fuck you mean we overcame? I ain't overcame shit. So also let me define what racism is because this is something that people don't understand often. Racism is not, oh my God, this black person was mean to me. Oh my God, this white person was mean to me. That's not what racism is. Racism is institutional power, the ability to inflict an institutional systems mandate on another group. So one part of racism that is required inherently is power. Now, people confuse bigotry. There's some prejudice as fuck black people out there. There's some bigoted as fuck black people out there. You know, I grew up. My family would tell me, bro, I'm telling you. I would have tried to take, like, a white girl to prom. Bro, that that was some shit I I legit dead ass could have got kicked out. Like, you don't fucking live here no more. But even that in and of itself, that is not racism. That is bigotry. My parents were bigoted as fuck. Racism, though, is when big organizations can make decisions that hurt lots of people. For example, there is a uh, class action lawsuit that's happening in the Mid-South right now where black farmers were purposely sold bogus seeds that white farmers were not. So the white farmers, after a fucking harvest, they're getting huge fucking yields and they're able to pay off their fucking loans. Whereas these black families, they're getting literally fractions of a percent of the yield that white farmers are getting. And the black farmers are like, yo, it's not like it rained less on our shit. This shit always funnels back to one of three things, bruh. Patriarchy, 
capitalism yep. or white supremacy. And they're Everything. inextricably licked. And so, like, now the right. black farmers are losing their farms and that land that they have had for generations, some of them since the end of, you know, the Civil War. They're going back to the banks. Black farmers are now fucking dispossessed. They don't have the money. Like, that is real-life racism, where you are choosing to cheat a specific group out of fucking things. And in California, there's another class action lawsuit that's saying, on average, black people make less than $6 an hour, $6 an hour less than white people in these fucking restaurants. Ooh, in California? In California. God, the supposed great to be the liberal bastion. of neoliberalism and our God, wonderful man. champion, Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. I forget she's from California. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> San Francisco, bro. Hey, you know, and man, we have a big California following, bro. Yeah, we do. Man. So shout anyway, out shout out to all y'all. Hey, man, man, I love California, man. Fucking I do. California. Yeah. Knows how to party. Sing it, baby. Where's the fucking talk box? That's what we need right now. All right, yeah. So, like, those are some real things, yo. This is not us going back to the fucking Civil War. These are things that are happening today. This is what the Matrix does. It's right? surgical Red now. Redlining. You know what I'm saying? Mm, Where, right. like, you decide, well, we've already got enough black families in this neighborhood. We will deny any further loan requests. These are real things that have happened that have continued impact on black people that destroy their ability to have financial independence and these aren't like accidents these are real things and so for like white people that want to do better like the thing that you have to do is make yourself aware of these things because this is huge intellectual labor and most black people don't have the fucking don't have the time don't have the fucking interest and don't have the fucking patience to fucking guide your ass to what could be a very simple five to ten minute google search I, this is labor that I'm going to choose to take upon myself to give to y'all because we fucking love y'all and we believe you could do better. You know what white people spend their most time, the neoliberals spend their most time on? Trying to prove to other people that they are in fact not racist. People of color and radical people want to see you working that shit out. Not you trying to prove to me that you're not quote unquote racist. And if you would own it, that could be more useful. I want to be a better person than I have been societally conditioned to be. I am always even with all of the work that I do as a cis het male, even as a black man, I have been afforded certain certain societal advantages or programming that makes me act in certain ways. That means I will always be a sexist. I can try to be more woke than regular dudes. I can try to actively be aware of my fucking footprint and make space to yield space where possible. But this is something that in my life I will never be cured of. No man that has been societally fucking reared and groomed by the West is any better or worse, right? As a demographic, all men are sexist. As a demographic... All people that are white have been reared in society. It's not even your fault, but the re- it's not about fault. It's bigger than fucking intent. We all mean to do well, but meaning to do well means owning certain things. And so, like, if white people can acknowledge they have inherently been, at the very least, blessed by racism, right? If you can own that, you can get out of the... Like, that's why I love motherfuckers like Tom Earl, man. Shout out to dude. He does so much fucking work, right? Like, owning that shit. Like, he's the first white dude I met, like... Big long ass locks when I first met him, like hippie white dude. Then I see him a year later, all the locks have been shaved off. I ain't had to say shit. Right. Like in his own fucking journey, he's like, you know what? Like to truly be on it, bruh, 
you got to sort of admit you're racist, man. It's the only way to get around it. It's that Sisyphus work, man. You got to get up and push that rock up a fucking hill every, every day. day and, and know, know that damn at well the it's end about to come day, down. It's going to come back down and you got to do it again. This is why, like, I, man, the first, the quickest shit you can do to lose your my respect is talk about the shit you've done. This is why motherfuckers like Bernie miss me every time. I don't give a fuck about what the fuck you did in the fucking 60s, bro. That's 50 fucking years ago. So let's move on, man. Let's get to styling on him. You ready? Styling on him. Please. Oh, you mad because I'm styling on him. <laughs> I better get a styling on him. You know I love combat sports, man. I'm a huge fan. I think, it's in, I think it's important because it allows people to consensually get out the aggression. Which is important. There was a huge historical upset, if you will, in the heavyweight division. This past weekend, where Andy Ruiz defeated Anthony Joshua, the reigning, he has like four belts. He had four hey. belts. Shout out to the first heavyweight champion in Mexico's history. Like, Mexico has had so many bomb-ass boxers, bro, but they just don't tend to be heavyweights. That's true, man. They are all they always seem to be in like that lightweight to middleweight right. kind of area, you know what I'm saying? I think it's easy to forget, too, because, like, you watch a lot of MMA. You're like, nah, Mexicans are killing this shit. Cain Velasquez, bro, but that's MMA. That's, like, it's not boxing. Who really, really believed Ruiz? But you know what was great, man? When he got put on his ass, he got back up and was like, bitch, I can hit, too. Right, he got back up. He was... So, okay, so this is something I see in Because he looked sloppy. When he got put down, I was like, well, shit. It was over. It, it looked like it was over. And, it, like, the anticipation from the announcers and the crowd was it's over. They were shocked Dang. at the third round he had where he got knocked down. It looked like a pretty good shot. He tumbled to the ground. And, you know, the bigger they are, the harder Dang. they fall. He's about 262. He just got right back up. And just beat the hell out of Anthony yeah, Joshua. I, Joshua fought a bad fight, and I feel like I mean I, I'm not taking I'm not taking no shade away from from what Ruiz did, right? But when you have four to six inches of reach, I think he's like four inches taller. Bitch, work the jab, bro. Work the fucking jab. Don't go in there and mix it up. I think yeah, I think he took he looked he looked past dude. My sister brought this up too. Like one thing we don't realize when a guy is training to fight a certain guy, right? Because what happened is. Gerald Miller, who Anthony Joshua was supposed to fight, basically got suspended for um, PEDs. Right. Uh, like every PED. <laughs> like, <laughs> so when you're, you're when you're training to fight a guy and you're promoting to fight a guy for weeks on months, and that person gets hurt, and now you have to go to your your other focus, which is you know Andy Ruiz. You don't have that same kind of maybe tenacity that you were having with this dude. What I think is dope when we talked about that third round, a lot of these dudes who fight, especially when they're going up against heavy favorites, they like to just survive and say, you know what? I went 12 rounds with Anthony Joshua. And I don't think there was any part of Andy Ruiz that was trying to go 12 rounds. You're like, fuck that shit, man. I really, you know, and that's the other thing, right? So one of the first things I said, so first off, I've seen a ton of body shaming, which really pisses me off. About this dude. Because, again, he's a heavyweight champion in the fucking world. One of the first things I saw was, like, his win sets personal fitness back 30 fucking years. That's some shady shit. I can remember in high school when I played football, I was about 290. But I was really athletic, and I was really good with my feet. And if you know anything about being a lineman, it's footwork and leverage. That's how you become great. And the same thing in boxing, man. If you have good footwork and good head movement, 
a lot of times those guys have a lot of muscle underneath that. Right, because know? people are used to that bodybuilder physique where they feel like that equals strength. But if you're watching world heavy man competitions, it's never those Arnold Schwarzenegger looking motherfuckers that win, bro. It'd be people that have big muscles, but they don't necessarily be well defined. And I'm going to tell you, man, I'll, maybe some of this again is just time. But I remember, you know, watching Butterbean, who was a really big dude, man. This motherfucker one time was doing workouts. He was doing wrist curls with 100-pound weights. Wrist wow. curls. Wow. I think of someone like um, the bus, Jerome Bettis. Mm. He didn't really, wasn't defined at all, but I don't know if anybody was trying to take down Jerome yeah, Bettis, I've seen bro. this motherfucker truck fucking uh, Brian Urlacher. He yeah. just straight up ran his ass over and wore him like a cleat. There was like a point, I think, like towards the end of his career where he had like 71 carries for 19 touchdowns yeah. and it's just like to think of a guy being and, I, and you're right man i think people's bodies just develop in different ways strong muscles are not necessarily big muscles yeah agreed man you know just some people just have like people say all the time you know you always hear the term country strength you right. know what i'm saying like it is those guys that sort of are just naturally strong. Well, who was that doing at WWE? Uh, not WWE. He was at MMA. Big Country. Roy Nelson. Yeah, it did Roy not Nelson. look like a muscle-bound motherfucker, but I and tell you, he had them would... soup bones for that ass. <laughs> Literally the only people he couldn't beat were the Cain Velasquez. was right. the literal top of the food chain, you right. know what I mean? Round three, though, right, was interesting to me because what I saw was what I always want to see in boxing. A bunch of motherfuckers really going in on each other, taking shots, not giving a fuck, like, fuck defense. We, I'm just gonna knock you the fuck out you know what it reminded me of like a lot of people don't watch boxing that much anymore because a lot of the reasons you talk about and i know you're gonna jump in on that but also i feel like we've been spoiled because of boxing movies nothing is more exciting than boxing movies have you ever seen a boxing movie where the protagonist was a fighter that was incredibly defensive and was only looking to win the fight on points never that guy would always be the villain. Like, oh, you coward-ass motherfucker. Not to take anything away from the science and skill of a Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather's skill as a defensive prowess is incredible. But you're not rooting for the guy who plays defense. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. You go in and you watch, you know, I think about Creed, the fight he had with the, the Italian dude at first. You know what I'm saying? Both of them motherfuckers going in, they headhunting, they throwing big shots. You know, nobody's working the jab. Everybody's just going in to kill. And boxing is just not like that most of the time. But I feel like Ruiz, the Ruiz fight really was some of that, man. Totally agree. And I think what is happening with, like, the business of boxing is it's become obsessed with the undefeated fighter. That's why I like the UFC so much because undefeated records really don't exist in mixed martial arts there's a few like khabib you know what i mean mm. so like there's a few of them but those are the exceptions like if you look at the heavyweight division before aj lost last night there were three heavyweights that are undefeated and have at least 20 plus fights Jeez. that should never happen and it's because these guys are all signed under different promotion companies. You know, and even that, right? Talking going back to again the difference between boxing movies and boxing. Like they they hint at that in Rocky. That's a great example where like Clever Lang comes out like, bro, you really kind of a bum ass dude, bro. Won't you fuck with a real let a real nigga get a crack at Facts. it? And, and Mickey's immediately like, fuck that. What, you're what, not fighting that dude. You're not built like that, bro. <laughs> you got good heart, but you're not built like that. It's an underdog story. You and, know? Like, and he goes to exactly what you said like these promoters and you know and in the movie is like well i'm trying to protect my boxer no bitch you're trying to protect your investment nigga. right and because boxing is 
You know, it has its pods. I'm not saying yeah. that the UFC is like something I'm standing for because they're basically run by Wasn't Trump supporters. But De La Hoya was talking about fucking uh, Dana White up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Dana White sort of started the whole thing. I think people need to understand the level that De La Hoya was at, man. Yeah. He got beat by a couple guys. But he really was one of the nicest. He fought the best fighters of his era, man. Yeah. You don't think so? No, I agree. Oh, I'm yeah, saying, that's yeah. what I'm saying. That's no, what I'm agree. saying. Another very interesting thing that happened before the fight, homeboy was like... We gonna break the curse tonight. What curse do you mean? The Drake <laughs> curse. You know, you just wanna bring Drake down, don't you? Drake wants to bring himself down, bro. <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? Like, I'm gonna say, like, hey, you know, like, uh, was it uh, Lou DeBella and all them was like, yo, it's mm. a new rule. Can't nobody be seen fucking with Drake. <laughs> no hanging it, out man. with Drake. What do you what do you think, man? Do you want to you want to speak on the Drake curse? Well, I think that there's better there's like curses in hip hop that I think are more effective, like the Lil B curse. Like Lil B basically cursed the Rockets says six years ago. <laughs> and the Rockets have like basically lost every single year to Golden State, regardless of if they won sixty five games or whatever it is. So I think the Lil B curse is uh, and little B get little B gets to wield his curse. Drake's curse is like he cursed himself. If you hang out with Drake, bro, if you were a professional fucking, I mean, these were some of Serena's worst years of her fucking life, man. Well, I look, man. The thing about Drake that's like hard to accept, like not hard to accept, but hard to fathom is. Or you're basically one of the most famous people in the world, and you're still a dick writer. That's exactly it. I think that's exactly it. Because Drake waits to see you be on top, and he always trying to ride somebody else's fucking wave, bro. And he just rides. And it's like, bro, you are a fucking ocean current, bro. Yeah. Like, why? And that's the thing. Is like, and he jumps on so late because he needs you to be a certified winner. Before yeah. it. But then by then, it's too fucking late. You know what I'm saying? Like, How many people have the Drake curse brought down? So he's damaged Serena. Until she got rid of his bitch ass. Well, I, I don't know who has all the curses, but what's interesting to me is looking at Meek Mill as somebody who you thought got destroyed by Drake has literally, if you... If, Phoenixed like, into something he, way better. Man, yeah, he, that's yeah. a great word for it. He did Phoenix into something else. You know, at this point, I think more people in the rap game got to fuck with Meek more than they fuck with Drake. Yeah. Behind closed doors. Conor McGregor and Drake. Oh, like, true. You know what I'm saying? Like, the Drake curse has definitely affected many. Like, Well, I mean, the Raptors are, right now, at this moment, is are tied 1-1 in the finals. So, is this a situation where... Come on. I, I know what you're saying. But is it a thing where getting closer to the victory and then getting defeat is almost worse than even getting there? Yeah. What's what happening with the yeah, Raptors absolutely. right now? absolutely. I think Drake, he just doesn't create a space. He just occupies space. Facts. So, your favorite video game in Zither, Mortal Kombat. Yes, they are. Uh, they're just getting their DLC popping. Uh, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, if not your favorite character, one of your favorite characters is a part of that DLC. Shang Tsung, two the of my favorite, Shang Tsung and Spawn. And, oh, and Spawn is going to be in it. Spawn is one of my favorite comic book characters of all time. Man, Todd McFarlane had a great idea, douche that he is, uh, and came up with a very compelling character. But they're voiced by two of my favorite people of all time. Man, the, the dude that did Shang Tsung in the fucking 
Mortal Kombat movie. He has a great voice, man. Yeah, he's just perfect, a man. Great, amazing fucking actor and everything that he's in. And then fucking Spawn is getting Keith fucking David back. Everybody talks about motherfucker Samuel L. Jackson's voice. Keith David to me has one of the greatest voices it's of all fucking voice. time. And I just wanted to. Okay, so remember when we talked about Jax's ending, where he went back in time yeah. and. It, it looks like the backlash continues on Mortal Kombat. And let me tell you right now, like, I'm a fan of what the Mortal Kombat era, of what the Mortal Kombat franchise did right before it died and got rebirthed with NetherRealm Studios and Warner Brothers when they were just Midway games. I like that storyline better. And the last two games have been good, but they haven't necessarily been uh, the story mode, which is the story of Mortal Kombat, which is what I love necessarily hasn't been on point so the story Mm. mode in 11 is a lot better and uh you know there's something i was thinking about in terms of diversity in video games and cartoons in general like in mortal kombat 10 jackie briggs who is the son i'm sorry the daughter of jacks you know she okay that's a woman of color a black woman that's dope but basically she looks like a white woman who just has a different shade. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And it's like, she still has European features. And I think that's the type of quote unquote diversity that these gamers have. It's like, just put a color shading on a European looking person. And in this game, you cannot say that any of the characters of color have those European features. I mean, if you go from Kitana, who looks straight up Chinese, Liu Kang, Kung Lao, who has sort of like a Mongolian phenotype, Uh, Jack's got the big broad nose. He yeah, got the right. Fucking black boy shoulders. He and looks shit. straight up like a dude from Detroit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like Jackie got the the dope locks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, I've been hearing a lot of backlash about this shit, man. Like, oh, why these do characters black are people uglies. have to look like black people? This shit is absurd, man. The gaming community. What's what's your like? What's the take on them? Oh, like, sure. Now think about it, right? So gaming systems are, to- especially they used to be in the day, the province of middle class to upper middle class kids. I remember coming up. You know, I never had the game systems that I wanted, but the homies on the block did. You know what I'm saying? Especially if there was any white kid in the hood, they definitely had that shit. You know what I'm saying? I never had. We had to kick it with them to get the fucking video games. So like for a long time, they felt like it was just their thing. Just their realm, you know what I'm saying? The thing that made them fucking special, you know? But now, you know, do the price, like everybody can afford everything to some degree, to some extent, right? So, like, this thing that they felt like was their own personal province for a long time now is being reflected by lots of people. Plus, also, these people want global dollars, bro. And another thing about Mortal Kombat, the last one was if you know about Mortal Kombat lore, the, the protagonist, the character that does, who wins all the tournaments is Liu Kang, the mm. Chinese monk, mm. which makes sense. And in these last couple of games, like the champion of Mortal Kombat was Johnny Cage right. and his daughter. And I'm not saying that Johnny Cage isn't tight, you know what I'm saying? But he's not. It'd a- be like finding out Ken is the fucking real star of Street right, Fighter. Right, Ken is not a dude that you want to fuck with as a regular dude and probably could go toe-to-toe with like maybe like Zangief or could go toe-to-toe with like a Dawson or a But he's not Blanca. the chosen one. But he's not about to beat Bison. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like that would be absurd to think right. that. So they kind of played into that. And I think, in, you know, they went back to the roots here with Liu Kang is now the winner of Mortal Kombat again. 
And I think that's another reason that people are against Mortal Kombat 11. There's been so many Mortal Kombat YouTubers that have been just complaining and complaining about how ugly the characters are. It just shows that gaming community, like you said, man, it just has this like elitism and privilege, man. And it's just like seeps into the world. It's like how the Matrix seeps into every single thing, even the gaming world. Yo, so let me ask you a question, bro. All right. Coming out within just a couple of days, the most anticipated, delayed fucking superhero movie. I mean, Dark Phoenix was supposed to come out last year, 2018, November. I thought for a while it maybe saying Get Kevin scrapped. Feige was just going to fucking shelve that shit because they shelved uh, the new, what was the it? New the New Mutants, right? New Mutants is, yeah. is done. Lil Arya's movie. Like everything that I see when I like, I saw a ad for it on Instagram and I like love looking at comments. I actually love the comment section. There was so, like literally could not find one comment that was like, I'm kind of excited for this nah, movie. Nah, it's just going to be trash. Look, they've already stolen too many things. They stole, essentially, the plot points of fucking Captain Marvel. They have literally stole storyboards from fucking Justice League, which was a shitty movie to begin with. Like, the scene where Sansa is floating in the fucking sky and Quicksilver is running towards her. I'm like... Damn, they straight up bit yeah. that storyboard directly Where from the Flash. Justice League. Yeah. Runs up on Superman and he side eyes him. Like, you're literally not even recycling good tropes. Look, bro, it looks like Fox <laughs> did the best thing ever in that they bought low and they sold high. They got the fuck out in spite of how many straight up stinkers. Because we talk about Justice League. I am particularly unkind to fucking DC. I'll acknowledge that. But if we're being honest, we need to acknowledge it. Fox has sucked for a long fucking time as yeah. far as these superhero movies Those, goes. Mm. Fantastic Four, that's worse than anything DC has Those ever Fantastic put out. Four movies like don't have a single uh silver lining. Okay, so can I ask you this? Sure. It look, you know, it, the Disney deal is done. They got the Fox properties, they got Fantastic Four, they got X-Men. I think we're similar in the way that we grew up on the X-Men cartoon in some right. capacity. No facts. And I was super excited when the first X-Men movie came out. And I think that's really what recharged mm. a lot of this stuff. We're bringing the X-Men and that universe and merging it into the Marvel universe that already exists. Do you have an, like, an idea of what you would do if you could put the X-Men into that universe? Well, I feel like they should do uh, what, what I've been saying DC should do, and that's Get away from this team concept. We have to build a team. Like I know one of the ones you liked a lot was Days of Future Past. I hated it because they introduced so many fucking mutants that I really like. And they put them in there just to say that they were there. We're not seeing what makes them special. We're not seeing any character moments that made them work as a team. You know what I'm saying? It's like starting at Avengers 1. And we don't get the Incredible Hulk. We don't get fucking Captain America. They're just already a team. You know, we don't know. You know what I'm saying? So, like... These people need individual films, bro, and build up to that. Because, I mean, shit, the X-Men is such an exhaustive roster anyway. You know, okay, you think about Captain America. What's Captain America's power? He, Captain America's power. He's superhuman strength, you know, superhuman. Not superhuman, but you would say enhanced. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Iron Man is a dude in a technologically advanced suit. Hulk is a ravaging, big, strong monster. Thor has, like, you know... The sort of generic energy projection, strength, flight. Brought this up. A character like Darwin. Think of how cool. Darwin should be able to body pretty much anybody in the Avengers. Yeah. Even a B-list X-Man character like fucking Iceman. Iceman, other than the Hulk or maybe Thor, 
like Bobby on some motivation shit would be way more a problem for Tony Stark than than like I don't think there's a whole lot Tony Stark could do to a motivated fucking nice man. Yeah, I think about Gambit too, like that like ability to turn things into energy and right. like he touches <clears throat> Iron Man's suit and fucking explodes the fucking the Mark armor. Could you imagine if a character like Rogue were to get her hands on a character like Thor? And we know that Rogue basically well, has she put her hands on Captain <laughs> Captain Marvel. <laughs> that would be that would be dope. Think about uh, Nightcrawler. Yeah. Like, how the fuck do you even get that motherfucker? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. there's so many things that he can do. Like, I'm trying to think of other people. Like, Juggernaut. You mm-hmm. know, Juggernaut's not actually a mutant, but. You introduce that like mystical, um, you know, the gem of Sidorak or whatever it's called. Right, like, and we know the Sidorak exists because we have the bands of Sidorak with, right. with uh, Doctor Strange. Ooh, you put that one together real well, dog. Like I would love to even see, man. I guess that he's in the X Men universe. I mean, he's in the Deadpool universe, but which is still Fox. But I mean, okay, so Juggernaut's a great example because people misunderstand the Juggernaut in quite a bit. Like the fact is. If the Juggernaut was unleashed, maybe only the Hulk could stop him on the Avengers team. I think even Thor would have not very this, serious struggles. Not this iteration of the Hulk. This iter- the, the the Marvel Cinematic Universe Hulk would get washed by Juggernaut, right. in my opinion. Right, 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 right. You're talking about somebody with an incredible level of strength. Uh, he's literally unstoppable once momentum happens. He has magical protection. And incredible durability. And he's malicious as fuck. Right. And he's arrogant he as fuck. He just don't give a fuck. He really don't. What what characters would you introduce if you could? Oh, man. Uh, you know, I'd like to see Psylocke done again in a better way. Like, that's, that's one of those things where, like, you get what you ask for and then you'd be fucking sad and shit. I'd want to see Psylocke introduced in a film for so long. And then the way that they did it in Age of Apocalypse, I'm like, God, this is really a horrible. Uh, Apocalypse is another great example of somebody that... You know, I would like to see them really do a good story on Forge. Like, if you're going to do a, a series on X-Men, I think Forge is as good a place to start as any because it's a person that's coming from the future, technologically very clever. I mean, this is a person that's smarter than Tony Stark. He as could far replace as Tony. Weapons that, Forge goes. He could be one of the people that are a part of replacing right? the Tony Stark and, era. And it's easy to bring him in because, you know, Deadpool has fucked the timeline up now. So now Forge has to come. Like, Deadpool's just fucking around. Ah, oh, jokes. I'm going to go back and do these things. But these things, butterfly effect, and now potentially could have fucked up the world where someone like Forge lives, and you're starting it off with the introduction of time travel, which, again, right, even Tony Stark fucking with the time scale with the Infinity Gauntlet, I think so. I would I would center everything around Forge. It's somebody that they've never centered around, um, and it gives you a lot of fucking cinematic powers that you can... And, and you can build a whole universe. One thing I would definitely say is we have to cut the reliance on motherfucking Wolverine. Stop it. Hugh Jackman, while playing a character that we all loved, doesn't look shit like the way someone like fucking Wolverine. I mean, Danny DeVito looks more like fucking the real fucking Wolverine than Hugh Jackman ever will. They Because Wolverine was such a popular character, they made him a protagonist, but Wolverine has always been an antihero. Right. And he's always on the side. That's what makes... People love antiheroes. Like, that's the reason people love Sub-Zero and Scorpion. Right. Like, they're not the protagonist. They're not Liu Kang. They're not Kung Lao. They're not Raiden. They exist in ambiguity. And that's what, that's what a feral, short, chubby, you know, hairy, hairy, unattractive, 
unattractive. Guy that never gets the girl, right? I mean, Wolverine, I mean, Hugh Jackman was hitting everything. Yeah. What was it in Days of Future Past? He woke up with a butt naked jump, like. Like, that's not Wolverine. No, Wolverine's no, perpetually Wolverine. heartbroken because the girl never stays. Yeah, who the heck wants to deal with a five foot two, hairy, chubby dude, man? Who kills a lot of people. Was an assassin for a very long time. Hundred plus years, man. You Think know? about it. He was born in eighteen hundreds, dog. Yeah. I mean, maybe well, maybe Sabretooth got more bodies, actually. Uh Jay Z's a Billy, bro. Okay, so I meant to ask you this. I meant to ask you this. So I, I look at Jay Z as one of the most accomplished rappers of all time. Sure. He has a lot of class. he's one of the few rappers that I think have multiple class, like more than th- Three classics. Sure. Would you say that he has more than three classics? No, facts. And how many rappers do you say have more than three classics? Mm, Five uh, you to know, ten? I turn into an old head when I do that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I start looking at fucking Rockham's fucking shit, you know, like. So would you say, uh, how many? Just give me a, you, you pick a number out this It's guy. not, I mean, by nature, by virtue of what a classic is, it's not something that lots of people have. Yeah. And okay. lots of people are granted classic status that I feel like don't aren't earned. Like Nas, like the, I feel like the debate between Nas and Jay Z should have been over thirty fucking years ago because it's not even close. Their careers are really not even close if you're looking at it from an objective point of view. Yeah, and it's not necessarily like uh, Jay did more to be. I mean, he did more to be palatable. He got on because lyrically he was nice. He was, he was really also, fucking good. There's I, on my timeline. It's been like. Oh, Jay Z's a billionaire. Congratulations to Jay Z. Wow, what a power couple. And I think like these are moments that I need to have conversations with my friends because I like am torn between how I should feel about Jay Z, who's like this incredibly talented artist that came from Brooklyn that like bought the Barclays and it's like as a fan of a rap and people of color like coming back and like taking this space versus like this is just still capitalism and, like, billionaires shouldn't exist. Like, like, where are you at with it? Yeah, I mean, I really, man, uh, truthfully, I have a lot of... So it's... it's as, a, as an artist, I have a lot of respect for Jay-Z and what he's been able to accomplish, you know? I feel like, I've said it before, all billionaires are fucking dragons, and so I don't care that there's a black dragon out there like, oh, well, we have smog and he's black. Yeah, I'm so happy. Dragons destroy, and that's what they do. You know what I'm saying? I mean... Ripping Jay-Z was literally the bedrock of whomp, black capitalism yeah. will not save you, yeah. which has been stolen by the motherfucking nation. Never forget, right? So that was the crux of my fucking essay is right. like, you know, as people like Jay-Z are not your fucking savior, man. I remember when he got into it with Harry Belafonte, and Harry Belafonte is like, when you going to do something real for the fucking hood? And Jay-Z's snide-ass answer was like, just my presence is charity. Right. Like, fuck you. Right. There's no grassroots with Jay-Z. Right. So it's a very complicated feel. Like, as a black person, I'm happy to see that he's doing well. You know, I've always had a lot of respect for him musically, what he's capable of doing as an artist. But, like, as an activist, make the fuck out of here. Jay-Z's not a fucking activist. There's nothing, you know, again, him kicking it around with fucking Michelle and fucking Barack. You know, these, again, that's a textbook example of neoliberal heroes this is a person that came up selling drugs you know again not to shock not to knock that because i had a lot of homies in the hood that came up that way but none of those people are put out there as fucking you know role models none of those people are put up there as like people that we need to emulate right but then with jay-z it's like i'm not telling y'all to sell crack hove did that so you ain't you know what i'm saying it's like bruh but you still kind of low-key like 
I'm the fucking crack dealer that made good and shit. So facts. Thank you, Brad. And, and <clears throat> what's what's your article again? That the 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 where black can they... capitalism will not save you. Oh, uh, and where can where can they find that? It is on the uh, where is it? Black capitalism won't save us. Uh, won't save you is uh it's hosted originally on thebigsmoke.com. So definitely check that yeah, out. Check that shit out, man. Check this is a great article, man. Great, and it's it's a quick read too. It's not, it is know, a quick it's, read. It's, it's really good. Yeah. Uh, okay, man. You ready? I got some fuck using shout outs, Let's man. Do it. It's a long. We got a long ass episode, bro. <laughs> I love it, man. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. And fuck you. I'm out. My fuck you is a real easy and obvious one. Fuck you to every royal family on the earth. Like, the whole point of communism is understanding that no human is better than any other human. And the whole concept of royalty goes against the very essence of that. The divine right of God. God picked this person to be over all these other people. Like, to me, I make no distinction in my brain between a king, an emperor, and a despot, right? Like, literally, you're born and you inherited the fucking government seat. And, you know, people say, like, oh, kings and queens don't really have that much power in this day and age. That's bullshit. Saudi is an absolute fucking monarchy. And even in Britain, right, where it's supposed to be, like, enlightened monarchy, you know, the queen can dissolve parliament. If she so chooses. That's a huge power. Like, just because you don't use the power is not the same thing as not having the power. The queen can dissolve parliament at any moment. Just think how archaic it is to like believe that st- like someone has a birthright to something. Like they like have a succession tree or whatever how it goes. Right. And what's also interesting too, man, it's interesting that you bring it up. I was just reading that uh, CNN gave more coverage to the royal wedding, or was it the royal wedding? Maybe, yeah. uh, or like the they give more coverage to the royal family than they do climate change. Yeah, man, fuck all them cucumber sandwich eating motherfuckers, man. Though cucumber sandwiches are actually pretty delicious. That sounds gross. Do you have any more? That's what I got. All right, so I got two. First one, I give a big fuck you to corporations that exploit and commodify Pride Week. And uh, do you know who died today? An anniversary of who died today? I do not. Your number one drug entrepreneur, that would be Ronald Reagan. Just Uh, that rotten (laughs) son of a bitch. I just want to give a big fuck you to him and... Man, and fuck, like, the fact that the most convenient airport for us and the airport that I love the most nah. is fucking Ronald Reagan Airport. Hey, like, I don't call it that. I call it DCA. You but could always go an hour and a half out of your way and fly out of fucking Dulles. Going to Dulles, you might as well go to BWI, bro. Uh, it's faster to come I mean, to fucking right, BWI. BWI would be easy to just go straight down to it's Union Thurgood Station. Marshall, he was a piece of shit, too. Is there anybody who's not a piece of shit that has a fucking airport like, named Ar- after him? Doesn't Arkansas have the Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton yeah. airport? Yeah, like, no, what facts. the fuck, bro? And, you know, and like, look, it's already a long episode, so I'm not going to get too deep into it. A lot of people are probably wondering why would I say something like, fuck Thurgood Marshall? Fuck Thurgood Marshall. Thurgood Marshall called fucking Malcolm X a pimp. See, so fuck all those fucking respectable ass Negroes. I ain't got no love for them neither. All right, let's, let's, let's brighten it up, man. Let's do some shout-outs. You got some shout-outs for me? Yeah, shout-out. You know, again... You know, when they talk about fake news, all that shit is fake. Fucking Fox is fake. CNN is fake. MSNBC is fucking fake. But there are real things, right? In the era of the Great Awakening, like, there is instant information everywhere if you know where to look. So shout out to all the content providers that are really putting really good content out there. People like Geography Now, Caspian Reports, Covert Cobol. 
cabal. And like none of these motherfuckers are giving us a penny. So if I'm giving these shout outs, man, it's because I really fuck with the information and the knowledge that they give you. Following them three can really do a lot to like get your mind right as far as geopolitics, geography, strategic fucking conflicts around the world and help you in ways that are depoliticized. Right in ways where it's mostly just the fucking facts. News is a television show, and, and it's for entertainment. That's why they have those fancy sets and all that stuff like that, man. If you're watching the news, you're just watching entertainment. So a great, great cosign. I have a few. You have some more shout-outs? That's what I got. Okay, I got a few shout-outs here. First one is I want to give a big shout-out to our big homie, one of the dopest activists that in the game that I look up to, Walea, who just... So much love. So much love. That's the only king I could ever bow down to. Facts. Motherfucking facts. They just, I think, believe their cancer is going into remission. They've been dealing with that now Shout on and off out. Uh, for the last few years. And just to receive that news, like... I just was really joyous, you know, for somebody who I look up to and like I'd highly suggest it's it's Walea. Like I maybe I'll put I a fuck description. With that person heavy. Yeah, I fuck with that human being heavy and I look up to that person and that's a person that I go to for news and I go to to learn. So biggest shout out to them. I wanna give a big shout out to Drake. You know, the thing about Drake that I have to just not that I, I, I Drake. Love Drake. <laughs> You know, Drake is not afraid to be goofy. We talked about how he's like kind of a clout chaser in that regard, but there also is uh, a, there's like a fandom to him and like this whole controversy of him being on the sidelines. Like, bro, the Toronto Raptors are better off like as an entity with Drake around him, even if they are be big because they're the villain. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's definitely given the Toronto Raptors a lot of profitability in that regard. So just a shout-out for that particular thing when it comes to Drake. Blame Canada. Blame Canada. Amen. And the last thing, I just want to give a big shout-out to everybody that uh, just finished Ramadan and just uh, hope you had a good Aid. And also just a remembrance to, it seems like every year, man, there is just a lot of death and conflict. Big shout out to what's going on in Sudan right now. Just senseless death <clears throat> and just a lot of things that come from like political influence from the West is like what creates this. So shout out to everybody who's celebrating, but also a shout out to the lives that we lost. Yo, shout out to all of the fans. This is our pen ultimate episode. Uh, next week we'll be, we'll cap our season. Hope y'all have uh, got a lot out of us. You know what I'm saying? We got a lot out of y'all. We'll be reading some of y'all's uh, <laughs> write-ins for 12 white men. Yeah, that's it. That's all we got. Love y'all.